Randy Gravitt Leadership Podcast. I want to talk to you this week about the power of process. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and it's a it's a fascinating little conversation here as you think about the the event mindset versus a process mindset. I want to rewind my tape a couple of decades. Actually, I used to be a basketball coach, and it was really interesting. I actually coached girls basketball. It was really interesting when my wife came to me back uh, several years ago and she said, hey, we're going to have a baby. And I was so excited. And we found out we're going to have a girl. And and then less than two years later, we had another girl. And then two years later, we had a third girl. And less than two years after that, we had a fourth girl. So we got within five and a half years, got four girls. And my buddies are coming to me saying, man, you're going to have your own basketball team. It's pretty cool. And then something crazy happened. They all grew up and none of them really showed much interest in basketball until my fourth daughter comes along. And when she gets up in middle school, she started showing some interest. And so she starts playing and we had a lot of fun together. And so she's still our basketball fan in the group. We've got some runners and soccer players and a lot of a lot of fun we had through the years with sports. But our basketball player, uh, Catherine, she comes to me not long ago and she's we're having this debate. She's She's talking to me about her favorite player, Steph Curry, which everybody's crazy about Steph Curry these days. She said he's the greatest shooter ever. And it's kind of hard to argue with that. The guy's doing some amazing stuff right now. But we uh, we were having this conversation, and I'm old school. I go all the way back to Pistol Pete Maravich. Some of you listening probably remember Pete back uh, in the 70s, 1970s. That would be the, the 20th century <laughs> looking back. And I actually got a chance to see Pete play here in Atlanta one time. And so anyway, my, my daughter says, let's go see Steph Curry. So we get tickets. We go to the Hawks game back in February. The Warriors were here, and Steph didn't disappoint. He was amazing before the game. Watching his routine, his process was really pretty uh, interesting to watch him warming up. Uh, I had watched a few years ago. I had a chance actually to coach. I was coaching a boys basketball team, and we actually had a chance to play before a Hawks game in – Phillips Arena, and I had a team in there, and we were after our game. They let high school teams play in the afternoon sometimes, and then there was a break between games. And they're playing the Celtics that night. The, the Hawks were, and it was really cool. Ray Allen shows up about three hours before the game, and he's in the gym by himself right after our game. He's just in there, the only one there, only professional, and he's just shooting shots. And as you know, Ray Allen's one of the greatest shooters to ever play basketball as well, and he would be in that debate with Steph Curry probably um, at this point. But I was talking to one of the arena workers that night from from the Hawks, and he said every time the Celtics come, Ray Allen gets a private car, brings it uh, from the hotel. He has somebody bring him over here, and he's in here three or four hours before the game every time they play here, and he's shooting, and he's working on his on his fundamentals, working on his shot. And I'm thinking, man, there's a there's a pattern here. These these best shooters, they have this process. They they have a routine that they stick to, and they're it's transformational for these guys. And so, as we're having this conversation, I ran across another shooter uh, just a couple of weeks ago. A friend of mine was telling me about this guy, and I started studying him, started looking into this guy. This guy, guy named uh, Tom Amberry. Now, you might not have ever heard of Tom Amberry. It's a pretty interesting story. He just died actually a few weeks ago at 94 years old. And you could make a case that Dr. Tom is the greatest shooter to ever live on the planet. Now I say Dr. Tom because Dr. Tom actually was a basketball player up through college, but then he stopped playing basketball and he became a podiatrist and he was a doctor. 
And he spent about 40 years doing that. And then he uh, retired. And so he tells the story or he told the story that he was, I think, 61 years old when he retired. And he said he hadn't touched a basketball in about 40 years. And he, he got to the point where he couldn't vacuum the carpet anymore. He said he was cutting the grass every day. He was bored out of his mind. And so he's talking to a friend of his who said, you ought to go down to the gym. You used to play basketball. He said, go to the gym and why don't you shoot a few free throws? So Dr. Tom thinks this is a pretty good idea. He goes down to the gym. And as he began to shoot, he said he just would go in and he just didn't really think a lot about it. He would just go to the line, shoot the free throw. And then he met this guy who, who told him about the, uh, the, the Senior Olympics. And in the Senior Olympics, they had a free throw shooting contest. And this guy even tells him, he said, you're not going to be able to beat me because I shot 30,000 shots over the last couple months. And, you know, so Tom sort of takes it as a challenge and he begins this quest of studying the free throw. And so he met with all these coaches and all these uh, experts on the free throw, read everything he could, could get his hands on. And he ends up embracing this process of uh, just a quest for mastery of the free throw. And so Tom uh, tells a story that he would literally go to the gym every single morning and he would shoot 500 free throws before he would do anything else. And he did that for, for several years. Well, within a couple of years, he got really good, as you can imagine. And Tom ended up setting the Guinness Book of World Records, uh, the record for the most consecutive free throws made. And, and it's pretty amazing uh, what he did. He was able to make 2,750 consecutive free throws uh, when he broke that record and I, I read the article, it said that people from the Guinness book of world records who were there watching him that day, they said we were bored out of our minds. The guy never missed. And he actually literally never missed because the way the day ended was at 10 o'clock that night, the janitor came in and kicked him out of the gym. Tom never missed a shot. So he, he even said, uh, in the Washington post article, I read that he, uh, uh, he said, I was in the zone that day, as the kids say. I think I could have could just kept on shooting. So it's pretty cool uh, when you think about it. Tom kept meticulous records uh, as he traced his process. It was pretty cool. He said that uh, his records showed, when, when they look back on them, that there were 473 mornings that he came to the gym and never missed one of those 500 shots. It was incredible how good this guy was. His, his record actually has since been broken, which is – Pretty incredible. You can look that up, but uh, but but Tom became a a legend at free throw shooting. He worked with several college programs. Or actually, was mentioned during March Madness uh, just a few weeks ago when he passed away during the tournament. And and just the power of this guy's process was was pretty amazing uh, when you think about it. So I want to I want to get you to think about your own growth, your own process. I don't know about you, but I'm often uh, a person who has better intentions than I do actions. My intentions are often better than my actions. Uh, how about you? I mean, are there times when you, you desire to do things, you intend to do things, you hope you're going to do things, you plan to do things, and then you just don't get around to it? And I think sometimes that happens most when we go to an event and we get all fired up with what we hear. Events can be catalytic. Uh, there's a there's an event here in Atlanta that's even called Catalyst. It's 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 built to kind of spur you on as a leader, and I think they're great. I think events are great. They're a part of of our growth. But I think events oftentimes are much more uh, just that catalytic rather than what's going to bring about change in our lives. And so I want to 
I want to challenge you to think about the event versus the process. Uh, events are informational, whereas process can be very transformational. So let's let's get that in our mind. Let's think about it. And and as I look back at my my intentions here for a second, I want you to I want you to think about that. Don't you have good intentions about exercise? Don't you have good intentions about growth, your leadership growth, whatever it is? I mean, you you plan to do things and then you put those things off. And I, I think about all the people that come to me, you know, through the years have come to me and said, hey, I want to run a marathon. I, I think that'd be, you know, fun to run a marathon. And I, I, first thing I always tell them is that's not going to be fun to run a marathon. But I find out very quickly what they want really is not to run a marathon. What they want is a medal and a T-shirt. And I don't know about you, but that that is a desire alone is not going to be enough. You're not going to hope your way to high performance. Stephen Pressfield is an author who has written a book called The War of Art. He's written a lot of things, but one of his books is kind of a play on the words of, or the title from Sun Tzu, The Art of War, and he's kind of flipped that, and he says this war of art. And if you're going to produce anything, it's going to be a war. You're going to have to battle yourself. And Pressfield says this. He says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And he says, between the two stands this powerful idea of resistance. And I don't know about you, but I can I can identify several places in my life where resistance exists. It's right there in my face all the time. It it keeps me from uh, achieving my dreams. There are books that are unwritten, there are prayers that are unprayed, there are contributions that I don't end up making. All kind of things uh, because this resistance word stands in the way of us as we think about it. And I, and I know it's true of the people around me just as much as it is me. I mean, I can go to my neighbor's house and to their garage sale and I can buy their old exercise equipment that has, they've pulled, paid full price for it. I can get it for half price. It's going to gather dust at my house just like it did at theirs a lot of times if I'm not careful. And so uh, can't you relate? Aren't they these places? So the question becomes how, how do we, how do we move beyond this place where we're all fired up in an event, we're all fired up with a process, or, or not with a process, but we're all fired up with an event. We have this this catalyst, and all of a sudden, we need to understand that the way we're going to take it to the next level is through a process. We have to embrace a process. So I want to challenge you to think about that, and I want to ask you to think about areas in your life where you want to make progress and ask yourself, do I have a process for that? As I look back on those four girls that we had, now we're empty nested. We just, our youngest just moved out. And I think about through the years, each one of those girls was, uh, was growing right before my eyes, but there never was a day where I came home and I looked at any of them and I thought, wow, you got bigger today. You grew today. That never happened. And yet every day, all of them were making progress. And I, I think about leader development sort of in the same way. There's, there's a lot of times that I'll embrace a process and it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm making progress. Let me say that again. A process won't necessarily feel like progress. But I say it all the time. Leaders that last aren't built fast. It is an incremental commitment to say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to trust this process. And I'm going to trust that this process will get me to the place where I want to arrive. I think it's why most of the great coaches that we see um, in in sports these days, they talk very little about winning the games. They talk a lot about 
the process and embracing the process because they know if they embrace the process and they can practice that and they can execute on the fundamentals that they've worked on, the winning always takes care of itself. And so I want to challenge you to think about that and ask yourself, where do I need a process? Where do I need something that I can commit to like Tom did his 500 free throws every day and, and, and begin to make progress. And so I want to give you one possible way that you could do that. I don't want to ask you to shoot 500 free throws every morning, but here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to download our integrate leadership app. I'm going to put a link to it at the end of this podcast. And I would just challenge you to get on that app and spend five minutes a day thinking about leadership. We've got all kind of uh, stuff built there around leading self, leading others, leading teams and leading organizations. It's completely free for you to get on here, wrestle with it. In its current state, we're developing it right now fully around this ecosystem of, of integrity-based leadership. But right now, we have half of it already built. The rest, the other half will be there by the end of this year, and we're really excited about that. It's a way that we can continue to, to grow a generation of integrity-based leaders. And so I, I just challenge you to get on there right now and work through the, uh, the pieces of that ecosystem that are there. Right now, we have one on building a high-performance organization. And we also have one on the skills of leading other people. It's really can, as you go through the serve content, what we call the serve content, it's the, it's the skills of leading others. You can certify yourself or your team. It's, we have, it's really cool. You go through the process of this thing and it'll create a, a LinkedIn certification for you. And then the high performance organization, you can take people on your team through. There's a place for you to invite uh, people on your team to join this process with you. I encourage you to have a, a face-to-face meeting every week to discuss what you're learning. But this this app is a really robust place for you to be able to uh, wrestle with these ideas of leadership. It'll give you a process. Now, here, let me give you a little warning. As I, as I, again, I said a moment ago, I think back on these girls that we raised. It didn't look like we were making progress. And you're going to get into this app and you're going to go, this is so simple. And much like a lot of teams think about this free throw is so simple. It is not something that I would even waste my time with. I'm going to challenge you to have this process mindset to understand that uh, games are won with the little things. I think about that, that, that basketball team I coached years ago. We actually ended up losing in the state championship game. It was a really pretty amazing season. Uh, But I think back to the, to how we got there. Three years before that, when we started, or four years before that, when we first started, we literally had not, the team had not won a game the year before I started coaching there. And I remember the the, the principal of the school who hired me, he said, I don't really don't care if we win a game. I just don't want you to do anything stupid. And, and I want you to, to uh, just teach these kids to have fun, you know, and, and to love the game. And I wasn't, too satisfied with the idea of not winning a game. And so we set out to try to build a program there. And it was kind of crazy. I remember the first day of practice, there was only three people who showed up. And I thought, this is going to be a problem. You're going to need at least five to play a basketball game. And I said, you got to go get your sisters or, or your friends or somebody. We got to have, we got some more people. And we ended up with six and it was a really rough season that first year, but we worked on those fundamentals. We worked on the process. We, we tried to build something. We tried to build a, a new winning culture, and we ended up only winning three games that first year. But four years later, three years later, actually, we found ourselves in a state semifinal, and then four years later in the state championship game. And it was very interesting, those last couple of seasons when we won our conference both those years, both those 
years, the 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 game that sealed our our region championship, it came, all, both games came down to free throws. And then when we won our regional final, that put us into uh, the final four. Uh, that first time, I remember our best player is on the free throw line the last minute of the game. She had to make some very key free throws for us to have a chance to advance and to continue to pursue what we were after. And so it's just those little things. And so as you think about uh, your leadership this week, please don't think that just working five minutes a day is is a little bit. It really adds up to be a lot, incremental growth. And again, leaders that last aren't built fast. They're built over time. So I challenge you to do that. I want to leave you with a, with a thought. It's actually a quote from Dr. Tom. Here's what he said. He said, a free throw is a gift. You should take advantage of it. And I believe that if you will work on your leadership, if you will embrace a process to grow, it will be a gift not only to you, but it'll be a gift to the people who follow you. It'll be a gift to your family. It'll be a gift to your future. Your, your opportunity to embrace a process of leadership growth is a gift. You should take advantage of it. Again, there's going to be a link to the app here. I hope you'll get on there. I hope you'll play around, invite your team, get into the conversation, and uh, let's just make sure we keep growing. As my friend Mark Miller always says, your capacity to grow determines your capacity to lead. Let's embrace a process of growth as we move forward. 